What's going on, Sammy? What's up, family? How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? How you holding up? <laughs> I'm good, man. Quarantine and chilling. That is best. Love it. Love it, man. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for joining us and, and doing this interview with us. And I got to say, Sammy, right off the top, you know, you've been giving us some quality. I got to say, over thank the last you. couple of years, I've seen just your development as an artist, as an independent artist, crafting thank your you. hits, writing it yourself, being involved in the production. So I just got to give, give you some kudos for that. Hey, man, I appreciate yeah. it, man. It's a, it's a blessing to be self-sufficient. Um, I got to say special shouts out to my mentor, Troy Taylor, for grooming me to be that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I always right. wanted to put fate in my own hands. So for it to be working right. out the way I want it to work out and not depend on so many people is a blessing. Right. Well, talk about that process because you've been constantly put out, putting out music since 2016, like nonstop EPs, yep. mixtapes, albums. Yep. When it comes to your creative process, what clicked for you to make you realize, okay, like this music is actually great? Like what clicked for you? Um, it started in 2012, actually. So uh, I've been consistently from 2016 to 2020, you know, I've given you Indigo, the um, Him EP, Coming of Age, 3187, 3.0, Everlasting, and Send Nudes. And now I'm working on, well, not working on, but I just completed Such Is Life, my fifth studio album, which will be out June 5th, by the way. But uh, 2012, I did this mixtape called Insomnia. I was actually yeah. suffering from insomnia. I was taking a uh, Ambien to go to sleep at night and going through this thing called anxiety and, and sleep depression. And um, I started to write about it. And I did right. a mixtape and I put it out. And it did like crazy numbers without any promotion. I hadn't shot any visuals towards it uh, or for the project. And when that project resonated with my fans for me simply talking about the things I was going through in my life, that's when I knew to be... Uh, super super transparent and vulnerable and that's really what the essence of true r&b is about so insomnia is what worked worked uh click something clicked with me and i i really haven't looked back since right i'll tell you what moment clicked for me as you know a sammy fan is when you put out that lee bush ep right after when that, i listened yeah. to that one i was like okay sammy's on to something here yeah thank you i appreciate that a lot of people don't know so i went by uh, my middle and, and last name for a year lee bush um, the Lee Bush Project EP, another thing that was kind of innovative. And it gave me a different identity because Lee Bush didn't have uh, a certain character he had to live by. He didn't have a sound. So I had so much freedom. Right. And once that worked, you know, I want to say that project debuted in the top 10 on iTunes without, again, very little promotion, uh, no radio campaign. Right. Um, just genuine R&B music that I think pushes the envelope. And it was so different from everybody else that was conforming to the club music or degrading women and things of that nature. So, man, you know, 2012, I've kind of been on autopilot as far as my creative process. Right. And like you said, since 2016, nonstop mixtapes, EPs, yeah. albums, you know, for a lot of artists putting out that amount, that much music in that short amount of time, it could oversaturate the art, but I don't think it has for you. I think your fans are always openly looking for new music. What's the art to that, to balancing that, to where you're not oversaturating your yeah, music? Yeah, uh, it is a science to it, timing. Yeah. So um, so when you say from 2016 and then you, you list five projects, I put five projects out since 2016, but you got to understand right. something. For seven years, um, my fans, the core audience, a lot of people didn't know where I was. You know, my ex-manager mm -hmm. took everything from me, so I had to start over. That's how I became a songwriter and a prolific songwriter and I learned how to vocal arrange myself and sequence myself and this little machine that I've become. So for seven years, you know, a lot of people didn't know I still was even doing music. So mm -hmm. once I went viral in 2016 with the Shade Room and I had the ears and the hearts and the attention and the following grew, 
I felt like I had some making up to do. But I'm very right. calculated on when I drop. For example, right. like, um, for the most part, I flourish during the fall because everyone's looking to fall in love or they want to relax mm -hmm. and just mellow out, you know? So I'm very calculated on when it is that I drop music. So even if I drop in 2016, then it might not be until the third quarter of 2017. So in this generation, if you go six to eight months without music, it feels like an eternity, you know what I'm saying? Right. But yeah. in reality, I've given you a project and a body of work consecutively since 2016. So I'm very calculated though on when I want to release music and how I distribute it. I don't just give you, I might tease you with a single or two, stretch right. that out. And yep. then, um, drop the whole body of work after three months of that marinating with you. So I'm very, very calculated on when to come with music. Right. But I felt like I owed them also uh, a flood of my um, music because it had been seven years since everyone was connected to me the way they are now. Right. What I love about, you know, your approach, even on Instagram, sometimes you'll sing snippets of songs that you're currently in the studio writing and it just gets the people excited. And then when they finally get to hear it, when the album comes out, yeah. I think that's a great plan that you do there. Yeah, I think I'm one of the only artists that really does that. Uh, but there's just like, um, it makes it relatable. The fans feel mm -hmm. very, very uh, a part of the process. Even right. so, my fifth album, Such Is Life, that'll be out June 5th, right? Um, since we're quarantined in, I've found new inspiration to write about new things. Um, so it's this album that we're working on. It's entitled Sunsets. And um, right. they, they've they watched me write it on live. They, they, they listen to the songs when I finish it in the sessions. And I think there's right. this... Uh, they're like my personal A and R's, you know what I'm saying? They once somebody gave me a line one time, and it's just it's just been beautiful to be able to create and stay connected to the fans the way I've been able to do it, and um, right. it works for me. I'm very I'm very transparent, and I, I want them here throughout the process. A lot of people only show the results. I like to show them the in between. Right. Now, of course, early on you were working with Dallas Austin. That was kind of who brought you into the game. Now yeah. you're producing and songwriting for yourself. Are there any qualities that you've sort of incorporated into your production and writing that you learned from Dallas early on? Of course, that's big bro. He's a genius. Um, his work yeah. ethic, you know, uh, Dallas is a studio lab rat, but not in the sense where he's in the studio every day. But when he comes to the studio, he might knock out five, six, seven, eight records in mm. a night. I've watched it with my own two eyes from scratch. And um, right. that's admirable. So when I go to the studio, I, I try to knock out two to three songs a session, you know, all I need is like five, maybe six, I wouldn't say six hours, but five to six hours, I can knock out a whole uh, three records from top to bottom and talk right. about the bridge, the hooks, the harmony. So his work ethic. And then I've learned quality over quantity. Mm. There's a lot of artists that floods you with three, four, five projects in a year, but yeah. it doesn't pierce your spirit um, right. so much so because they didn't take their time with it. I literally want to make every song significant. I don't believe in um, creating bodies of works that they have these songs called album fillers. No, that song, no. It, right. it means something to me. I don't care if it was right. about sex or monogamy or infidelity or love or pain. It, it doesn't have to be for the DJs or the strip clubs, but it means something. So mm -hmm. uh, me and my manager, we call it No Skipsies. I'm not putting out no project where you have to skip a record. I want you to press right. play and ride on out, you know? So um, just understanding the importance of uh being passionate about the craft I've learned from him and really giving out everlasting timeless music. That's why he's still relevant to this day because he's giving yeah. you Monica, TLC, Michael Jackson, Pink, another Brad creation. He created me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um Dallas is somebody that I really admire and have a huge uh admiration and adoration for. Right. Love it.
And of course, you just dropped your new song, Friend Zone. Yeah. Love that record. Just talk Thank about you. that song because it feels like, and over the last few years since you've been writing and producing, it feels like a Sammy record. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Talk about that song a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 so, it's so cool that I have my own lane. I've always tried to find a way to, um, and we are, all artists try to find their own way to, to yeah. uh, innovate and, and be distinct. And yeah. me just unapologetically being myself is, is that way. So Friend Zone is from a real-life situation. I have a best friend that I've known for over a decade. Um, a lot of people see how we interact, but it's a genuine love there. I've been there for her when she's had a heartbroken. She's been there for me when I've had my heartbroken or when I've done things that, you know, I was the demise of the relationship. I could always turn to her and vice versa, and we don't judge each other. So um, we mutually, I think, accepted fate that it's best to stay as best friends and not right. risk the chance of trying to become a union and it not working out and now we don't have that foundation. And, you know, I thought that was profound. Every guy has been friend-zoned by somebody or some women are friend-zoned by some men. So I felt like it was right. a very universal, relatable record. Right. And, you know, I see on your Twitter a lot, you've been saying that this upcoming album is going to sound like 90s R&B. And, Sammy, you know, Facts. we're one of the biggest Facts. critics of 90s, yes. 90s R&B. So yes. if you're going to say that, we're expecting you to back it oh, up. Oh, I, so. I know, I know, I know, I know. I promise I guess, um, I, what what I, qualities I, what qualities would you say remind you of that nineties R and B on this album? Uh the storytelling. You know, I have okay. this um this first record on the album and maybe I'm not I could tell you guys, you know what I'm saying? It's called Closure. It's my favorite record. But right. it opens the album and um a lot of times most times in my life I felt like closure was a scam because mm -hmm. that one last conversation, that one last text or that one last intimate moment that you have with somebody, you know, what's up, bro? I see you, Mo. Um, <laughs> it could make you stay in that toxic relationship a little longer than you were supposed to. You were supposed to let it go. So instead of answering that call or uh, answering that text or meeting up for that dinner or those drinks, um, now you find yourself still in a situation of redundancy. Um, I think that subject matter has just been lacking in R&B yeah. for a long time. I was listening to the Carl Thomas album, Emotion, uh, mm -hmm. Emotional. And it's a phenomenal project. I remember being 13, all of my feelings, and I haven't experienced yeah. <laughs> heartbreak. It puts me back, such as life. My new album puts me in that uh, that space where right. every song truly, truly is relatable. I think it's going to cause a lot of people to heal from things that they haven't healed from. And that mm. was like the basis of it. I literally didn't chase a DJ. I didn't chase radio. I didn't chase politics. No, I just right. wanted to give everybody that claims they missed that 90s R&B, that soul, that transparency, that passion, that love. That's what this album is for. If you don't like that, don't even listen to it. You know what I'm saying? If you want the cool, <laughs> I wasn't trying to supply that. You know, I purposely went against the grain because everyone's cool. Everyone has the auto-tune. Everyone's doing the swag music. I don't right. want to do that. You know what I'm saying? I want to feed people spirits, and I wanted this album to be something you can play. 15, 20 years from now, and I think I'm pretty confident that I've executed that. Yeah, I, I believe it, and I think right now is the best time to put out put out music like that. We're all stuck at home. Yeah, that club that club music might not be as uh, relevant <laughs> right now. So you need open. That. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so you need that type of music just to get you through the days. For sure. Yeah. So you know, um, you've been doing this thing for quite some time independently. Haven't yeah. really ever relied on radio. I know earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, this year on Twitter, you had mentioned that you had signed a deal to where you would finally get some records uh, possibly pushed to radio. Yeah. Um, how important is radio to you at this point? Uh, 
and I, you know, I have two, two, two perspectives about that. So like my entire campaign is virally, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even how I was brought back to the forefront. Again, I took a viral video and that changed into three or four album deals as well as uh, a savage tour with my big brother Tank to me right. headlining my sold out Everlasting tour last year to me being included on the Millennium Tour 2020 this year. So yeah. from that standpoint, I just need the internet. But now right. when you, when the thing about when you're just virally like, and, and mind you, everyone's on the internet on a daily basis. But I think the problem is when you don't get that radio, it's not a problem. It's about who you are as an artist. A lot right. of people will call me quote unquote underrated, so to speak, right? And the reason sure. being, I don't have a budget of $250,000 being put into this record to make it go top 10. Right. Like, you know, most consumers don't understand the business and the politics and the red tape with radio. Yeah. So when you compare me to a Trey Songs or Chris Brown, actually you can't because I don't have the same funding that these guys have. You feel me? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the, if there's any frustration, it's just trying to get that across people's head, that it's a process and there's a system right. that you all don't know about. All you know is, hey, June 5th, go get my album, you download it, press play, and you rock. Right. But in the grand scheme of things behind the scenes, these artists that you're comparing me to, and I don't like to be compared to anybody, I really love just being Sammy has millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars being pushed behind them. And that's why right. you're seeing them and hearing them every time you turn on the radio wave. So it depends as an artist what you want. Me, I don't chase glory. I just chase the passion. I love music and I love to right. be one of the pioneers of keeping real R&B alive. So as long as I'm still resonating the way I am, I have over 130 million streams worldwide. That's right. awesome because we're in a streaming uh, state of... Uh, or in a mind state of, of where streams matter more than record sales. It's not a record selling business. It's a, right. do you have an audience right. of streams? Is people going to Spotify and adding you to these playlists. So that's what's most important. Yeah. So, you know, in, in today's game, a lot of it is due to, um, or, or the way people get hits is through viral moments. And mm -hmm. what I've noticed with the creative process now for some artists is, you know, say there's something like TikTok. People try yeah. to create a moment on TikTok, but their mm -hmm. creative process is, that they try to create the moment and then fill it in to create a whole song. Whereas I think organically what you want to do is create a song and hopefully there's a part of that song that ends up going viral. It's sort of like this weird science going on right now, but yeah. you've never really compromised your sound. So have you ever felt pressured to do so? Absolutely not. Because uh, every time I've gone viral, it was never a plan to do so. Like, I think right. it's, it's becoming like the, the TikTok thing. Um, I think it was organic for like K-Camp. And yeah. a few other artists, but now we know that that's the the gimmick. Create something cool where you can get a little girl or a little guy dancing and doing like a quick six eight count. It's yeah. it's it's becoming now a marketing tool opposed to the organicness of it. Right. So um, I don't get caught up in trends. You know, I really really just love to create a moment, and if it's posted on this amazing publication that has a huge um, platform and it mm -hmm. goes viral awesome but i never sit at my desk and i'm like how can i go viral today that's not how you go <laughs> viral so uh I, I it takes it takes the uh the fun to me out of it when you to me again i don't play the game that you play when you're signed to a major i'm just right. all about natural and organic things happening and the natural energy around my projects and my music um taking off in its own life right love it and of course you're on the millennium tour right now Finally got it going. I know last year you kind of campaigned, um, maybe not even to get on the tour, but just to let people know, hey, you know, I've done some work early on. 
This is yeah. a tour that I feel like I should be um, in. They finally put you on the tour. Um, and you did a couple of shows early on. How were how were those um, shows like for you? Just being back on the stage in arenas with people that you know grew up loving you. Yeah, dream come true. Um, the Millennium Tour. We did six dates. You know, we were scheduled for I think slated for thirty two. Uh, right. And you know, I want to say this too on a serious note. Although it came to an abrupt halt due to the coronavirus, as I sip a Corona beer. Uh, <laughs> You know, my, my prayers and condolences to anyone who's lost a loved one and is infected by that. You know, be safe out here. Um, I can't wait for things to get back normal. But I, I had a ball out there for those six um, shows that I had, man. Everyone showed me so much love. I think it connected me with uh, my day one fans. That was the right. most important part for me. Um, giving me that opportunity to rock out in front of 10, 15, 20,000 people. You know what I'm saying? That's what I've accustomed to. I've always I've done arena uh, tours a plethora in my career so right. to have to start over some years ago and to work from I remember going to clubs where it's just 10 people again and now it's 100 and then it's a thousand and now yeah. you know to to see the growth and the love and 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 they song every word ver verbatim it's very humbling and refreshing because like I said I'm entering my 21st year and I've been through like some ups and downs in this industry so for them to still love me like they do I'm forever indebted to the Sammy lovers. It's why I call them that. Like, I think it's bigger than them just being fans. I think we're both mutually in love with each other. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I could appreciate. Yeah. And I felt that love while I was out on the road. Yeah, I mean, I think the crazy thing, I saw a couple of clips on YouTube and you were pretty brave there. You were performing songs. Like, of mm -hmm. course, everyone's going to know the I Like It I like it or the Come With Me's yeah. records that we're all familiar with. But you're out there performing your newer records. Oh, for sure. From the crowd reception, they know those songs too, so it just really speaks volumes to mm -hmm. how much of a following you've been able to build. Yeah, I'm um like I said, I so because I'm so hands on, I uh I really, really, really on a daily basis study this social media stuff. I read the comments, I read the comments on YouTube, even the negative ones. You know, it doesn't make me feel no kind of way. I have tough skin. To be a celebrity, mm -hmm. you have to have that. Um my true fans know all the old stuff as well as the mixtape stuff, stuff that right. I can't remember as well as the new things. So I'm one right. of the only ones on the tour that's uh, been putting out music consecutively that can right. do the old material. And I've been on the charts for the last four years. I've been on iTunes charts, Apple Music, all right. five of my projects uh, independently debuted on Billboard. So I thought it was imperative to not just do the I like it, or the kiss me through the phones, or the you should be my girls, or the come with me, but also yeah. some expiration dates and tsunami. Those records mm -hmm. were very, very impactful these last two, three years of my life. So um, I'm blessed to be able to take you on a time machine, so to speak. Right. Now, one thing that kind of stood out to me recently that Pleasure P said, he's on the tour as well with Pretty Ricky. He yeah. feels like, you know, the generation that you guys came up with in that generation of R&B, it's not necessarily respected as much as it should be. Do you kind of feel the same way? Because I felt like for a moment of time it was like that, but with the resurgence of the Millennium Tour, I think people are starting to recognize. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, shout out to my bro, Pleasure. I don't know what that, I saw that post. I didn't know what that outburst was about, though, because yeah. we're on the same tour and every night is sold out, you know, yeah. from the floors all the way to the back and the nosebleeds. And there's thousands of people, both men and women, singing Pretty Ricker records and Sammy records and Lloyd records and Amarion records, Bow Wow records. So, um, right. there's, there's an appreciation for it and there's yeah. definitely a market for it or we wouldn't be on this worldwide tour. It's like one of the biggest tours going on in the States right now. I think right. what it is, is, um, R and B period is just not pushed forward like the hip hop is or like, 
Um, I don't know what you would categorize a Tice, uh, a, a Bryson Tiller as, or a Black, or a, a Tory Lanez. Mm-hmm. Some people consider yeah. them R&B artists, but they do have melody okay. and sing. But to me, yeah. it's more hip-hop influence first with melody. So I think yeah. that's kind of what he was getting at, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't people have an appreciation for our genre of music because that's what they want back. It's just not force-fed and it's not mainstream like it used to be. And I think that's what we're trying to fight for, if anything. Right. Now, you've mentioned all these newer acts. And I think Pleasure's actually in this in this chat right now. Pleasure so, Pizzle. Oh, if you ain't here, what's up, my brother? But acts like Tory Lanez, Black, um, yeah. Future, these guys, there's, there's a generation of R&B lovers now that categorize those artists as R&B, but for those that grew up loving R&B like we did, it doesn't necessarily connect with us. Do you feel any pressure to connect, uh, not connect, but compete with these artists from the no, new I'm generation? I'm competing with this one dude named Sammy, man. You know, right. that's it. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't pay attention to, like, I'm a fan of Tory Lane. So when I listen to Tory, it's just to study as a, yeah. as a creative and enjoy the music. I'm not worried about, and I didn't make it this far in my life and my career, worried about anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Right. I listen to yeah. a Pleasure record because I rock with Pleasure music. I listen to a Lloyd record because I rock with Lloyd or or a Black, but I'm not in no competition with them. There is no competition, right? You, like like literally, and then and then my competitive nature. If we really want to get like competitive, mm-hmm. note for note, song to song, work ethic, how fast I write my music, how fast I record it, I vocal arrange myself. Like I'm a one man band show when it comes down to the studio. So don't let's not talk about vocal ability. I don't think the average person would want to go up against me anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the sport in me. If they want to do that, let's do it. Like, let's listen to my catalog within just the last four years. Forget going Mm -hmm. back to 1999 to now. They're going to have a problem. And that's for anybody that's doing R&B. That's the guys that paved the way for me. That's the new guys. That's the old guys. You don't want to put your project against mine because I'm a different kind of animal when it comes to R&B. So really to save all of that shit and <laughs> just focus yep. on Sammy, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love me. I love my sound. I love my fans. I'm in tune with them. So like what competition? Who? Like, right. Yeah. I don't see nobody. I'm just waiting on pleasure right now to challenge you to an R&B battle. <laughs> I'm just and, and he would, you know, that's my brother from Miami. He got that, that yep. big heart, but even my brother, <laughs> as he, as he sits in this chat, like he really don't want that with me, you know? Like he, 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 he tagged me in a little post. I seen it and liked it, but right. you know, um, that's not what he would want from, 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 from a soloist R and B standpoint, you got to understand, like if he wanted to battle me as a solo act pleasure, I'm saying this to your soul since you tagged me, no, don't play any pretty Ricky songs. You're not going to make it. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of, I kind of just let, let pleasure be doing what pleasure do. And, um, I enjoy the show. Absolutely. Pleasure. We're going to have to get you on here, too, so you can speak for yourself. But uh, Sammy. <laughs> he said he wanted to smoke. <laughs> Sammy, uh, your, your sophomore album, Sammy, and I'm actually about to interview Adonis after we're done here. Hey, and I know he brother. did a lot. Shout out to Adonis, and I know he did a lot on that second album as well. And a lot of people have been waiting on the re-release of that project. Uh, first of all, when is that coming out? Um, to be honest, and, and I, I, I'm so detached from as far as the rollout and everything getting structured on that. Uh, yeah. but I will say Dallas Austin put up a post and, um, last night that it should be out tomorrow. So oh, wow. the Sammy album would come with me. You should be my girl and all of that. Uh, if 
what I'm reading on Dallas Austin's post should be available on all digital formats the 17th, which is tomorrow. Right. Take me back so to that album. Take me back to that album because that album had some bangers on it. Um, fresh out of high school, uh, 2005. Uh, I remember moving back to Atlanta and reuniting with Dallas, and it was just awesome to. I got to really handpick a, a all-star uh, production team from working with Brian Michael Cox to, uh, excuse me, Dre and Bedell, uh, Corner Boys, Jazzy Faye, Adonis. Um, getting back in with Dallas, Jasper Cameron, Novel. Uh, it was so many pure gems on there, and, and I just was really soaking it in. I co-wrote every song on the album, but I was really like mm -hmm. a sponge. I was like a kid in a candy store that had been out the game for four years, but it was a blessing to um, these guys wanted to work with me. Like when they heard that Sammy was coming back to the business, they were like, oh, we love him. Like I want in. Right. <laughs> and I just got to really sit and become a sponge and learn different things and techniques from these amazing songwriters and producers. And I think also, you know, they, they say the, the those who are good, they borrow, but the great steal. I would steal certain attributes from Adonis and steal how he did this and steal how he came up with his melodies. And I right. think that's another reason why I'm so self-sufficient. Nice. I mean, Hey, if your new album new album has anything like another last chance, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got, I'm telling you, I promise you, man. I think um, you're gonna love it, and I I, I love that y'all are so uh, critical on the true yeah. essence of what R and B and traditional R and B stands for. So, mm -hmm. um, hold me accountable when you listen to this album. I promise you, I'm, I, I delivered though. All right, I'm looking forward to it. And and finally, we'll take a couple of fan questions after. But the last question that I have, you know, you started so young. Um, if the Sammy that came out back then, let's say that was your child. Would you want him to pursue music at that age that you did? Because, you know, at that time you're young, you probably don't understand the business. Do you feel mm -hmm. like you have to go through all of that regardless? Yeah, everyone gets screwed around in this business, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I tell everyone you got to screw the industry back and just enjoy it. Like if it's a mutual thing, then that's that's love. Um, right. Also, you know, Every 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 champion, every winner had to accept defeat at some point. That's where you sure. learn the lesson, you know, and then you apply the lesson in which you've learned. And you got to go through things that makes one great to be great. So I've I've mm -hmm. I've had it all and had it taken away from me. I've had it all again and been manipulated and somebody like a brother robbed me. And now mm -hmm. at my third time, my third stint as a grown man at 33 years young, I'm signed to myself. I'm, I'm I own my masters. I didn't sell myself, you know, uh, sell my soul for success. I didn't do anything against my moral and ethical code. So, yeah, if I have a son and my son or my daughter wants to pursue music, I'm a supporter or support him and guide him or her the best way I know how. And even through the rough times, understand that you have to shift your perspective. It's not about, again, what happens to you, but it's how you react, you know. And that's, that's the more of the story. So I definitely would still tell my younger self to pursue your dreams. Love it, love I it. I came out okay. I'm, I'm winning right now. It's cool. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Sammy, that's all that I've got for you. Let's take a couple of fan questions here. So this is your opportunity if you want to ask Sammy some questions. Let's do it. Looks like you're just getting a lot of love right now, which is good. <laughs> yeah, getting a whole lot of blue hearts. No. I want to see a pleasure P is still in here. What made you uh, on it going by super fast? Somebody said, where's my girlfriend? Um, I don't have one of those. <laughs> uh, someone asked, 
what made you realize that you had to tap into yourself first before allowing yourself into a new relationship? Say that again. What made you realize that you had to tap into yourself first before allowing yourself into a new relationship? Um, you know, I believe in just wholeness before I could like, um, I don't like to jump from one relationship to another, but you know, I'm in a good place now because I'm really like uh, mind, body, spirit, financially complete with myself. And uh, now I have, I'm an asset to a woman opposed to a liability or opposed to her filling the void. I don't, I don't have any empty places in me. You know what I'm saying? I know what I bring to the table and all I want is uh, that reciprocated, you know? So I think it's time, it's, it's, a, it's an imperative for all of us when you're single to take that time to uh, become whole and in love with self. That's, that's very important. Stop going relationship to relationship, trying to feel that loneliness you know, because once that's fulfilled, you're still draining the other person. You should be able to pour into the person. And there should be this thing I call the overflow. And that's what I'm seeking. Nothing more, nothing nice. less. Nice. All right. Last question for you here, Sammy. This is one that uh, someone asked. Um, would you, can you see yourself doing an album with maybe some of the other acts on the Millennium Tour? Because I think for me, that would be great for the culture just to see uh, yeah. you guys. Shout out to Pleasure. Pleasure came up with a dope idea. Actually, we got in the studio uh, when it was out here for the Millennium Tour, the first one. Uh, me, uh, Pleasure P, it was like Verse Simmons, um, Bobby V was in the studio. We all have a record together that's locked in the arsenal, you know, that belongs mm -hmm. to Pleasure. Um, it made sense, you know, um, trying to get Lloyd on board. You know, I think right. it, it, it'll be dope, man, if it was like a a Sammy Pleasure Lloyd group, like if we became a group just for, let's just say a year, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're, we're all solo acts at the at the core of it, but I could see me and Lloyd and Pleasure collabing on a project, you know, kind of like what TGT did without the drama. And, right. Um, <laughs> it'll be good for the culture. There's no, there's no male groups, you know what I'm saying? So, and we grew up together. Lloyd's been my bro for 20 years. I've known Pleasure for over 12, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. me, Pleasure and Lloyd, you know, we can call it a LSP. So let's do it. I love it. <laughs> with it. We'll throw in Jay Holiday in there too and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, we, it's, it's all love and we all come from that era where music is really, really amazing. So I think um, it's, a, it's a great idea that I'm definitely like interested in um, seeing what, what we can make. We can shake up the world with that. Absolutely. So Sammy, that's all that I've got for you. I want to thank you for joining me on this. Like I said, keep doing your thing because I can see the consistency and the quality Thank that you're you, putting brother. up and just keep it up, man. We're going to support you forever. I appreciate y'all for giving me the platform and support me for so long. And um, June 5th, y'all make sure y'all check out the album, such as life. It'll be available on all digital formats. In the meantime, rock out to that friend zone. We just released it. And then um, if the Sammy album is out tomorrow, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. I can't wait to hear it too on all social uh, platforms, or all streaming platforms rather. Thank y'all. I love y'all. All right. Take care, Sammy.